Time once again for Second Helping, the first choice among podcasts for fans and followers of the top league in all of collegiate football, that league, of course, the Southeastern Conference. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network, joined as always by my great friend, Brent Beard, college football analyst for First Coast News in Jacksonville, Florida, also a longtime voter in the race for the Heisman Trophy. Brent, uh, we don't have games to really talk about these (laughs) days, but that doesn't mean there aren't plenty of games going on off the field when we consider the transfer portal, when we consider the late signing period, and certainly as we're finding out here as we record around midday on Friday, still plenty, plenty of hot news as it relates to the coaching carousel. Just really um, is is almost non-ending right now. We welcome our folks and uh, – uh, no doubt about it. Auburn, the latest uh, to have a lot of changes. Uh, we'll certainly get into that. And and and, and Trav, I'm just going to mention this real quick uh, in, in return to football. But um, uh, it, listen, as hot as this conference is in football, uh, Trav, the basketball is pretty good shape right now too. Um, what well, big, big game with Auburn, Kentucky, Alabama, LSU played the other night. Boy, that this league in basketball is going to have a lot of teams in the big dance. So uh, uh, you got that going on. But as always, as as Travis mentioned, uh, uh, even a roster wouldn't help us a whole lot right now with these teams, would it, bud? No. And I was going to get into some of this. We'll start with the championship game teams, Georgia and Alabama. And what we'll do, Brent, is I'm going to ask you to give us. A better than, worse than, or about what you expected in terms of roster turnover. Again, where beyond just the expected movement where eligibility has expired in some cases, but as far as super senior years that are still out there to guys, as far as options in terms of the NFL draft and the transfer portal, all these things coming together these days, uh, let's start with the Georgia Bulldogs, and I will ask you that. Has the movement, has the turnover been uh, better for the dogs than you expected, worse for the dogs than you anticipated, or about what you expected? I think it was about what I expected. I knew they would lose a lot uh, as far as defense is concerned, even though they got some good news uh, with Robert Beal. Uh, confirming that he was coming back for a sixth year. He was their leader in sacks, but you also had a, a guys like John Fitzpatrick, their tight end, uh, leaving to enter the draft. Obviously, Trout, the uh, uh, the big question mark, and this lingered for a while, was uh, it, at this point what would happen with uh, JT Daniels, who is in the transfer portal. But by the way, having a visit from Lane Kiffin, I understand, this week. Uh, And Stetson Bennett was a name that we were looking to see what would happen there, Bennett coming back. uh, And I'm I'm sure Kirby breathed somewhat of a sigh of relief because, Trev, would it it be an understatement now with the loss of JT Daniels besides Bennett? That's a very talented but very inexperienced quarterback room in Athens. It definitely is. And the way that that news was received by some Georgia fans, I thought, was interesting. I think there was a faction of that fan base that was in the corner of, good job, Stetson, great story, Stetson, now right off into the sunset. But again, 
when you consider that the potential option was JT Daniels, right? I don't necessarily get that perspective myself. Uh, but you also have to consider for Georgia, you know, the loss of George Pickens to the NFL draft. And then we learned that Jermaine Burton, Georgia's number two receiver throughout the 2021 season has entered the transfer portal. Might watch Alabama in relation to Jermaine Burton. So defensively, there was some good news, as you outlined, Brent. William Poole announces he will be returning to Georgia for an extra year. You saw him at that nickel corner, sort of that star position, and kind of hand-in-hand with some of these jobs on these teams, right? You see Stetson Bennett say that he's coming back. Well, JT Daniels, even before Stetson made that formal on his Instagram account, you saw JT Daniels take his cue and hit the portal. But also Latavius Brainy, a defensive back for Georgia, has entered the transfer portal. And that goes hand-in-hand with William Mm -hmm. Poole because it was Poole who took over from Brainy at the nickel position as the season wound down. So you win some, you lose some. I'm with you. I think in terms of the overall perspective for Georgia, and you consider Bennett coming back, um, you consider uh, Poole coming back, uh, you get guys like, uh, even at tight end, you lose uh, uh, Fitzpatrick, but you yeah. get uh, Darnell Washington and, and Brock Bowers back. You know, you're still in good shape. So, yeah, probably about what you would have expected for Georgia in terms of portal and roster attrition to this point. We'll see if it uh, if it stops there. How about Alabama, uh, Brent, as we move forward here? And it looks like Alabama is still getting some news in terms of guys who have gone in the yes. portal who may end up coming back after all. And how would you sum up the Crimson Tide? Better than, worse than, or about what you expected? Uh, uh, kind of about what I expected with that, too. I mean, uh, obviously, a lot of these guys are going to be doing well uh, in the NFL, uh, but but I thought and, and again I'll lean on your uh, what you're hearing on Jalen Moody, but certainly Moody decides to come back, uh, it, it, which is which is what uh, some of the reports are. That would certainly help, uh, obviously with his uh, experience. Uh, Kendall Randolph coming back, uh, offensive lineman, tight end. Uh, I think is important. Certainly Cameron Latou, who announced a little bit before uh, with that. But, but listen, the thing that, that that glows like a neon sign to me is 9 of 11 returning on defense. Uh, that That's a thing that, uh, and we thought this defense certainly had improved uh, as the year went along, uh, and that only really uh, sums it up. LeBron DeRay, I thought he might stay uh, because of how often that he was injured during that time uh, in his career. And I think along with these guys coming and going, T-Rob, Traverius Robinson, the Miami DB coach coming in, uh, I thought was very interesting, as is Coleman Hutzler, uh, the Ole Miss special teams coordinator. So um, uh, it never the Alabama staff never stays put along that line. So, uh, but, but pretty much to Trev, I think what we expected, but I think the uh, – I think the guys either coming back or remaining kind of offset some of these losses I had, too. Yeah, and I think, and Jalen Moody, if he does, in fact, uh, stay at Alabama, I think the 9 of 11 goes to essentially 10 of 11. And that's understanding Jalen Moody has not 
played a ton of football, but when he has played, he has been exceptional the last couple of seasons. So he's a veteran presence. You pair him alongside perhaps Henry Toa Toa. And even if Moody comes back, you're going to have some serious competition at that inside linebacker spot because you've got uh, Deontay Lawson, a young inside linebacker that Alabama likes a lot. So uh, it's not a given that Moody would just plug and play in place of uh, Christian Harris at the weak side, but I think there's a good chance uh, he would be that kind of guy for the Crimson Tide. And you hit on it. There's some math to figure out with this Alabama coaching staff, too, because Jay Valai left to join the Oklahoma staff, as we've outlined here on previous podcasts uh, from Alabama. But then you add um, Traveris Robinson in the secondary from Miami as a assistant coach, but then also with uh, Hutzler coming in from Ole Miss, you can only have 10 on the field. That's By right. my count right now, you're sitting at 11. <laughs> and I think Coleman has already listed on his Twitter account that he's going to coach outside linebackers, which sort of contradicts the place of Sal Sanceri here. So we'll see how all that plays out. The math typically works out for Nick Saban. Yeah, though, yes, it? it does. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think there's any question about that, that it, it, it will. Uh, and again, a quick Bama note, Still amazing to me, Trav, uh, with Alabama's history. First time in their history, 4,000-yard passer, 1,000-yard rusher, and 2,000-yard receivers. Uh, that, that, that Nick Saban adapting to a more of a 7-on-7 game, to me, that's it in a microcosm. Nine national championship game appearances for Alabama under Nick Saban, seven of those with first-time starters at quarterback, which – flies directly in the face of the time held belief that you got to have a veteran behind center. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to have, no, not in this era, right? You've got guys that are developing at such a rapid pace now with the private quarterback work that they get in terms of instruction and coaching, you know, seventh, eighth grade, these guys are already getting polished in the ways of quarterback play. So there you go for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, When we talk about transfer portal champs, all right. Do we <laughs> yes. have to put LSU at the top of that list, yeah, Brent? Yes. Yes. Well, there's no question, Trav, because uh, in the 24-7 has a team uh, transfer portal list, and LSU's on top of it, as a matter of fact. So uh, I got amused at that. FSU 4 and 4-7, to seven, just to throw in another couple of teams. But L- uh, no one has done that much. And, 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 and the truth of the matter is, uh, Brian Kelly, Trav, had been true to his word. He said uh, that that's what he was going to do his first year, uh, and that's what he said. I mean, they've got <clears> they've got Trav. They've almost got as many transfer portal additions as they do high school signees. <laughs> transfer <laughs> portal champs, two thousand twenty-two. Right. Yeah, I mean, you've got LSU even bringing in a long snapper and yeah, punters, right. specialists. Yeah. And Jay Bramblett made sense because he punted. For Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, I think there was some intrigue there in relation to Alabama with Bramblett because he is a Tuscaloosa guy. He's a Hillcrest High School product there in the shadows of the University of Alabama. But Bramblett will wrap up his career apparently at LSU. And even from a coaching staff perspective, you look at this LSU staff as, yeah. as it is formed under Brian Kelly. And Kelly's done a pretty nice job of pilfering some other programs to bring in some top guys for that staff. 
Uh, and would Cortez Hankton apply, Trav, coming from Georgia? Uh, in, in, in that situation, the guy you wanted most of all was Frank Wilson. Uh, and obviously, Frank Wilson was formerly with the LSU staff, known as a uh, tremendous recruiter. And that's one of the guys that they've got. And they've also got some guys to stay. Ollie Gay, the senior defensive end, I, I thought that was important. Uh, Mekhe Wingo from Missouri, that freshman D tackle is coming over. Uh, Virginia linebacker West Weeks transferring to LSU. Now, we know our listeners may not know all these names, but I think the point of this is is how active uh, that they have been. Uh, Gerard Jenkins, their receiver, is coming back for uh, one more year. Uh, Micah Baskerville, uh, one of their linebackers, said he is coming back, too. So, Travis, isn't it obvious that besides the transfer portal, Kelly spent a lot of time re-recruiting some of his own players? Yeah, and that was a must. And given some of the departures that you've talked about and we've talked about, including Eli Ricks to Alabama at the cornerback position, uh, needed some of that, but obviously – hitting the portal exceptionally hard. And, you know, we look at some other teams around the Southeastern Conference, um, Brent, and give me some other winners and losers. How did Texas A&M come out in all of this? Because whether you buy into it or believe it or not, Texas A&M is going to be a top three, top five preseason selection going into next year. And so – with that, how were the Aggies impacted? And also from a coaching perspective, because we know there's been some changes there as well. I, I think for players, uh, DeAndre Jackson, uh, their running back is going to remain in the portal. I thought he was going to Nebraska, uh, but that did not work out. Uh, now they've got some other guys as far as uh, Demani Richardson, their junior safety uh, he is going Good to player. come back. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt about that. Been there that. for 25 years uh, at, at this least. Point. Been there at, forever. At least. Uh, their signee, Chris Marshall, uh, has, he's been up, upgraded to a five-star. Mercy, it seems like everybody they've recruited is a five-star. There are, uh, at this point, Trav, 17 national top 100 prospects in this latest A&M class uh, that – Jimbo is raved about, and, and you can see that too. Uh, for redshirt freshman running back Darvon Hubbard, uh, he was a former Ohio State commit, has entered the transfer portal. So I, I know Jimbo's making some roster changes to bring <laughs> to bring this class in, frankly, too, uh, to see where that's going to go. Uh, and again, uh, obviously quarterback situation when we know Calzada's moved on uh to Auburn uh that the Auburn quarterback rooms uh, is a story within itself right now but uh it, but listen you hit this on every preseason um way too early poll uh, you've got like Bama 1 Ohio State 2 Georgia's 3 but Trev no surprise to either one of us A&M's 4 right I think A&M Alabama has a chance to be that CBS primetime game for a second yes. straight year. What's oh, say yes. you? Uh, I, I, hey, paid Trevor, off for CBS this last year, even though A&M had lost two straight going into uh, it. They spring the big upset, but I don't think anyone's anticipating major upsets heading into this game in 2022. Uh, no, I, I, listen, I think 
would CBS sign a contract for that right now? <laughs> they could go ahead and announce that one. Prime time. <laughs> I don't think Alabama, don't think Texas A&M. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Now you, uh, you know, you talk about the quarterback position with, uh, Calzada moving on to Auburn, but Max Johnson coming in there from LSU, he's going to be anticipated obviously to be the guy uh, yes. to step in there, even with Haynes King coming back from injury. Uh, I'll tell you, Connor Wigman too, the 2020 signee, 2022 signee for Jimbo at that position. I watched him in the Under Armour All-American game. That kid is advanced in his own right. So really at just about every position in this 2022 class and really with an emphasis on the defensive line where A&M may end up, if it hasn't already, with the top defensive line class yes. in the history yes. of the recruiting rankings industry, uh, they knocked it out of the park. What about Auburn, though? We alluded to the Tigers at the top of the podcast and some really breaking news that continues to impact that staff for Brian Harson down on the Plains. Uh, yeah, and I give Brian Matthews credit for this. Uh, Jeff's meeting has been promoted to D coordinator, and people are asking, well, uh, what does that mean about Derek Mason? Well, Derek Mason has moved on to Oklahoma State. Uh, and my understanding, Trav, is there was a, shall we say, a difference in philosophy uh, between Derek Mason and Brian Harson in that situation, uh, which was interesting. Christian Robinson has been hired as the uh, um, linebackers coach. Uh, he is a former Florida linebackers coach. Uh, in his own right, uh, also a former starting linebacker uh, at Georgia. Yep. Uh, and then a, a name very familiar because I, I'm, I remember writing stories on him. Jimmy Brumbaugh is returning as, as defensive line coach. Keystone he played Heights. at Auburn and had a tremendous star at Keystone Heights. Um, and in the trial, the reality is uh, he has, uh, he has had like, uh, in his coaching, uh, I think it's almost 20 years now, about 10 different stops. So, uh, and, and most of those stops for Jimmy Brumbaugh have been in the SEC. Uh, it was a short one in Tennessee, I believe. Yeah, yes. For yes. Jimmy Brumbaugh, as I recall here, not too long ago. So, uh, homecoming for Jimmy, the former Keystone Heights high school star. We know that one pretty well. Grew up around a lake place right near Keystone Heights, sure Florida. Did. So uh, it rings right. with me from a from a sentimentality yes. perspective. Yes. Hey, yes. Brent. Um, otherwise, in the Southeastern Conference, because the hires at the coordinator levels have taken on almost a star status that mm-hmm. was previously held for head coaches. Whereas yes. we recognize coordinators now in the power five and certainly in the sec uh in that sort of fashion so with that give me the biggest impact guys uh in terms of hires or even departures at those spots and still some to be determined i guess with bill o'brien at alabama and his situation been talk about todd munkin at georgia and the nfl uh, where are we at with those guys on these staffs? Uh, Trev, I, I, and I know we talked a minute ago, but but I'm still going to throw DJ Durkin mm-hmm. going from Ole Miss to A&M, I thought was a huge hire. Uh, and, and this is one that people may not have heard about yet, but Kendall Bryles is actually staying at Arkansas. Yeah, saw uh, that. 
he was a real target, we understand, or at least the media says he was. Uh, his agent. Maybe yes, his agent said absolutely. he was. But, but, Trav, I'll say this, though. Uh, I mean, they were, um, it's, last year, number 25 in terms of offense, in, in terms of yards per play. Uh, there were 25 this past season. The year before Browns got there, they were 101. So wow. I, I would say that, that that was a bit of a uh, uh, certainly an improvement for them. Uh, but, but look, uh, Trav, sometimes it's not who you get, but it's who you talk into staying. And, and now they, they are losing Traylon Smith, who I thought had a nice year, almost 600 yards, the running back. But, but listen, when you think about uh, the, the folks they've got coming back on offense another year with Pittman's offensive line, well, that Arkansas offense could be a force to be reckoned with next year, couldn't they? We talked about this as the – near end of the 2021 season approach staff retention for uh sam Pittman, and, and yes. not just arkansas keeping sam Pittman happy but what it was going to have to commit to his coaching staff in all likelihood and we've kind of seen that play out although as you said there have been some conflicting reports as to whether or not browse was actually offered the position at miami hey look there was enough smoke there to convince yes. Yes. some things to happen, I guess, behind the scenes to make it attractive to Kendall Bryles to remain in Fayetteville. So it looks like for now, anyway, uh, that will be the case. Talk to me about Florida staff uh, and Billy Napier. And is it kind of flying under the radar at this yes. point? Uh, yes. I'm not talking about just in terms of on the field staff, but you know what he's done to sort of augment his support staff maybe in comparison to what dan mullen did or didn't do during his time at florida yeah yeah there's a lot to unpack with this he's done a really good job and i've told people uh gator fans i wonder if pop's on board with this too trap uh but but gator fans getting maybe a little bit impatient and they're recruiting and, and i know this is just numbers but before uh, Billy Napier got there. They were in the 70s. They're now in the 30s. Is uh, for and I know you wouldn't be in the top 10. I get that, but there's only so much you can do in, in your first year. I mean, he's made I think some pretty good hires. Sean Spencer as a defensive line coach uh, is coming over. By the way, Javon Baker took an official visit. The Alabama wide receiver uh, with that too. Brenton Cox said he is uh, also coming back. Believe it or not, Emory Jones is still on the team. Uh, I mean, he's going through class, and I think Napier's treated him well. I'm not saying any – I don't think he will be their quarterback, many stretch of imagination. And they also hired Jay Bateman, who was at North Carolina. Gene Chiswick now, your D coordinator at North Carolina with this point. Trev, the funniest thing I've seen this week in the transfer portal <laughs> – uh, Tyrone Hopper, the Florida linebacker, was in the portal 68 minutes and withdrew his name. <laughs> wow. So, uh, but, and listen, uh, as far as a guy uh, who they need on the field, he is one of them. He did make plays. I give him credit for that. But, but again, the overall thing here is I, I think Napier is making a lot of progress. Uh, he certainly got, he certainly, 
uh, not going to be in front of every microphone he can like Dan Mullen was uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But I think he's making significant progress behind the scenes. Interesting about Javon Baker, the Alabama transfer and the potential interest there with Florida. If I had a comparison for Baker and maybe a previous Florida receiver, it'd probably be Trayvon Grimes. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of that. And I'd also say Jermaine Burton, the Georgia transfer uh, we've talked about on the podcast today that perhaps could be interested in Alabama. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Trayvon Grimes, a little bit, a little bit of John Mechie uh, as well. Hey, Brent, anything from a national perspective that we need to hit on before we get out of here today? Yeah, I, I, Trav, I, I, I know a lot of our listeners may not get this, but you and I grew up with Ron Franklin uh, who was uh, Ron Franklin and Mike Godfrey in their time were basically Chris Fowler and Curb Herdstreet. Um, and uh, they were the, uh, uh, the, the guys to listen to uh, with the national game of the week for, for ESPN. Most of the time it was the SEC. Franklin had some old Miss ties. He was play-by-play for the Houston Oilers and the University of Texas. Uh, really smooth uh, in so many ways. Now, to me, no one is probably going to ever be as good as Keith Jackson was. But Franklin was very, very smooth. Trey, you remember that line? Remember, remember what he always said, the line to make. That, that, that yep. was kind of his line during that time. Mm-hmm. But but I know you remember this too, but but – uh, Franklin and Gottfried were the number one team at one point in college football years ago. Well, what you had was you had the golden years because yes. you would have Keith Jackson and Bob Greasy still mm-hmm. even during that era, mm-hmm. as I recall. And then that would be an ABC game. And then, as you said, your Saturday night ESPN, which a lot of times would involve the SEC. That's when you'd have uh, Franklin and Gottfried. And Franklin was, I mean, he had a, a call for games that resonates and still does like Keith Jackson. I'll never put yes. anybody ahead of Keith Jackson. But Ron Franklin in his time was, as you said, they were right there together. And I want to say you even had in that same period, you had Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge doing yes. the CBS games for SEC. So you could go from, say, a noon Big Ten game <laughs> with Keith Jackson and Bob Greasy to 3.30 with Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge, who I still refer to as the varsity duo, yes. in, even yes. in today's college football broadcast. And then in prime time, you'd have Franklin and Godfrey. I mean, that was that was pretty damn good. You know, it back really in was. The, in the early to mid nineties. I, I don't know if you were going to beat that about the time, I guess that Keith got out of it too. So there wasn't probably an elongated stretch of that, but uh, absolutely. Ron Franklin had his shortcomings as we know, unfortunately some of that led to his departure from ESPN, but in terms of a body of work and a career uh, not surpassed by all that many and, and his work on the mic. Trav to go along with that. Do you remember the sideline guy that they had, Adrian? Carson? Adrian Carston. Yeah. yeah that, the, Tragic end for Adrian. Boy, uh, it really was. But you're right. That trio was. They weren't just 
good and informative. They were fun. I mean, Adrian was quirky and he was, you know, off the wall a little bit, but right, it made it right. it made for a better broadcast, it right? Sure it it, it oh, the yeah. ingredients were. Mike Godfrey made it easy to understand football in terms of how he would explain it, but he didn't come off as condescending at the same right. time. Franklin was on it, and Franklin was sort of like Larry Munson in that he wasn't afraid from time to time, and Sean McDonough does some of this extremely well himself. He'll interject a little bit of editorial just from time yes. to time, yes. and if, if he feels like if, if he feels like his, his analyst has maybe missed something, in real time, he'll make sure it, they, it gets covered, and he won't do it in a way in which he's trying to show up his analyst, right? He's right. just supporting yes. the broadcast. So mm-hmm. pro's pro, I guess, is what you can say in a lot of ways when you talk think, about these kind of guys. And, and listen, a, a note, that, and I know all people uh, may not know him, but I think they remember his name. And I don't know a lot about this, but I've seen a lot on Twitter. Larry Bluestein is a yeah, has, has been South a Florida icon. Yeah, and help me on this has been a recruiting uh, writer, I think, for a very years or so. Uh, oh, oh, at least and going back to the mid '60s. Yeah, and I, I understand, Trav. He's in the hospital in South Florida. Yeah, certainly our our prayers and thoughts go to him. But but, but listen, in, in recruiting, that is a name synonymous with recruiting, is it not? Well, and it's synonymous for all the right reasons which we can't always say that about the recruiting genre but larry has long been an advocate for south florida kids and i'm not talking about the superstars i'm not talking about the amari coopers or the calvin ridley's or uh you know patrick sertans guys that didn't really need it i'm talking about the guys that didn't get the publicity or the exposure or the awareness to colleges around the country on a consistent basis. That's where Larry has made his biggest, he has impacted thousands of lives in a positive way. And I don't know if there's a better Testament, a better compliment you can give somebody than that. And Larry, unfortunately, uh, from what we understand, dealing with a severe case of COVID um, has had health issues in the past. I'm sure that hasn't helped in this particular instance. And like you, Brent, I just send along my best wishes to a a guy that, again, a gentleman that has impacted just thousands upon thousands of young people. Uh, Trav, two last things real quick. Uh, It's good to be Arch Manning, is it not? He's seen Kirby Smart this week. Nick Saban's in today. Uh, And and, uh, Billy Napier was in uh, is either Wednesday or Thursday. So the New Orleans product (laughs) and Arch Manning, who's wanted by everybody, uh, uh, getting quite a bit of attention this week, is he not? Yeah, you kind of expect that. A lot of these schools like Georgia and Alabama, they do so much of their work for the 2022 cycle in the early period now. That they use they January do. for 2023 yeah, for the most part. Absolutely. So that's what you're seeing. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, you're seeing a lot of 2023s get a lot of love here in the last week with those coaches on the road. But, yeah, Arch Manning definitely at the top of that list. Uh, and one last thing. Uh, I know our listeners probably remember the name Tate Martell, who was a National Gatorade Player of the Year in 2016. Trav. He has retired from football this week, pursuing business after trying to pursue Ohio State, Miami, and UNLV. And was initially 
committed to Texas A&M, I believe, <laughs> yeah. in all that. So, uh, yeah, it's been a path traveled by Tate Martell. There you go. Retired at the age of, what, 23, 24 years maybe, old. Maybe. <laughs> and look, Tate, probably better for it, man. Yeah. Enjoy life. Yeah. Enjoy a, a high quality of life and wish nothing but the best for, for Tate Martell. All right, Brent, if that's what we've got, that's what we've got. Uh, another great uh, segment. Appreciate it, Trav. Uh, thank you for our listeners. Uh, certainly, uh, uh, everybody be careful in the winter storms that are going on. going to make quite a yeah. interesting weekend, to say the least. But, boy, another incredible week with the portal and coaching changes. And, Trav, it's just one of those things right now that, well, frankly, with no limits Oh, on either one of those entities, uh, it, it, it's an amazing amount of information we go from week to week right now. Yeah, make you a big crock pot of maybe some chili, <laughs> some taco soup. Oh, both. Watch some NFL divisional round playoffs this weekend. You got plenty of college basketball. And yeah, follow those timelines because between the transfer portal, the coaching carousel, and trying to put a wrap on this 2022 recruiting cycle. Never-ending flow of college football information available to us at our fingertips these days. Always appreciate it, Brent. Always enjoy it, Brent. We'll do it Me again too, real brother. soon. Take care. For Brent Beard, executive producer Bill Oakley, Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us here on Second Helping. And if you haven't already, how about a subscription to Second Helping? Simple as a click or two. And when these drop, they will go directly to that smartphone, that listening device of yours. Wherever you consume podcasts, that's where you're going to find Second Helping. Again, for Brent, Bill, Travis, have a great weekend, everybody.